Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Hey there, folks. Welcome to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My guest again, back for the second time, Andrew Friedman, who is the managing partner at Shift Consulting. Andrew, what's happening today? Hey, Anthony. Good to be back with you. It's hard to believe it's been a little more than a year since we did our first episode. I'm excited for the second go around. I know we'll, uh, we'll run it back even better. Perfect. I love that. That's the analogy used. And I've got, I've been watching too much TikTok these days. So I've got just, you know, like the ludicrous back again, but I won't do that to you today. Yeah. And it's been really cool. I mean, this, we were chatting about just as we started since our last episode, which us listeners can go back and play at any time on your favorite podcasting service. Uh, apparently a lot of people are, are digging it and really digging the work that you are doing. So why don't you give our listeners, if they are new to the podcast and new to you and what you do, uh, who are you, what are you up to these days and what's exciting? Yeah. Well, you mentioned uh, managing partner at Shift. That's certainly what I do by by day, you know, when I'm not fighting crime at night like a superhero, I guess. In that work, you know, my mission is to really help leaders transform the way that they think and take action on building high-performance cultures. That's what our organization is all about, transforming workforce engagement. And we believe that leaders can really use work as a weapon in a good way to transform the way that people work so that they can actually change the way that they live. You know, we really believe that work can be a, you know, a, a lever for good as opposed to people going home. And unfortunately, Anthony, there's still a lot of people that do this, whether going home means moving from the living room to the bedroom if they're working from home or working from anywhere. But people are leaving work depleted. And right now, with a lot of, of study being done on burnout, more depleted more less than than ever. And our goal is to actually change that. So people are feeling fulfilled, alive, achieving, like more than. So when they go back to interact with their families, it actually work lifts them up. That's really the purpose of our work. And I, I get the pleasure to do that with leaders of all different companies across the globe, Fortune 500s and, and the like every day. And I love it. I do. Ah, that's awesome. It's a, it's an interesting world. Again, as we were talking about when we started, interesting world that we live in. And what I'm seeing, um, in addition to the you know socio-economic complexities that are happening in the you know uh, what is it, great recession or whatever the hell the thing is when people say they're quitting, and then you have like back-to-back Zoom meetings with no buffers, which when we chatted last week was still kind of novel, and now we're two years into it. And then you have that balance of uh, supply chain constraints, and then you have CEOs and leaders that are pushing, 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 but then, you know, that you can only push so much until something breaks. So um, I guess there's kind of two perspectives we could look at it. One is from the side of the employee, how one might be able to kind of reclaim their, their time, space, energy for them to perform at their best, like kind of corporate athlete style. And then CEOs, how what they can do to not put fuel on the fire because sometimes I see CEOs that are making the problem worse instead of better because they still have pressures on them. So uh, what are you seeing and, and when do you want to take our chat today? You know, the great, whether you call it the great resignation, which is what many are calling it, or the recession or the reshuffle or the reprioritization, like re, 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 whatever you want to re it. You know, this, um, the World Health Organization recently termed um, or defined burnout as a, it's a workplace phenomenon workplace phenomenon. So many people 
you know, now burnout is becoming, you know, more of a thing. It's almost like when, when WebMD started years ago, people would have a pain and they would look it up on WebMD and they would read symptoms. They're like, I have that. I, you know, and so hypochondriac, hypochondriacs became like, you know, a really big thing. I think with burnout, it's twofold, Anthony. One is people are hearing more about burnout. And so they're saying, yes, that's me. I'm burned out also. And there is, as you mentioned, there's some individual responsibility in that. So things that people can do, you asked for two dimensions, things that people can do uh, are things like protect themselves through more sleep, more quality sleep, shutting down technology earlier in the evening. You know, part of the issue with working from anywhere that we've seen is, is you know, the studies we've done show that people are actually working four more hours a day four more hours a day. And part of that is because they're not commuting. They're waking up, they're getting online earlier. They're more accessible at night. Leaders, many of them have not figured out new ways to think about engaging and you know their people and managing and leading. And so what they're doing is they are, as you said, they're having more meetings. They're you know emailing more, they're asking for more reports. And so, you know, there is really no escape. People, they have not allowed themselves to escape. And so when that happens, people are not energized. They're, you know, running from meeting to meeting to meeting. They have no time to decompress before they re-engage with their families. And so they are absolutely feeling fried. So to protect themselves, better sleep, shut technology down earlier, start the day with practice like gratitude. Before you get online, just think for a minute, what are you grateful for? These are easy tactical things that people can do. Write down in a journal, what are you grateful for? End the day that way. Protect your time so that you're carving out time for exercise. Make sure you're taking healthy supplements and you're eating really well. Like all of these things matter. They're not, they're not warm, fuzzy kind of things. These are, you know, absolutely fundamental to our mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical well-being. So I'll pause there to see if that triggers anything for you, which I'm sure it does. And then we can talk at the org level. Absolutely. Well, I mean, everything you do is around the world of performance. And so why I like that, I think it's good for just the general well-being. And as I heard it, I said, okay, well, what our listeners might be going through, they might be hearing this. He's like, yeah, 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 I know that, which is, but it's true. But like the stuff, you know, is often the stuff that you don't do that you feel guilty about not doing. But there's there, I want to just like for you listening today, I want you to just consider the ROI for you. Everything we do is for you, right? So if you get more sleep, I don't get a benefit out of it. You're going to feel more rested. You're going to clear the gunk out of your brain. You're going to be a better partner or spouse, family person. You're going to be a better leader because you're not going to be triggered into all of like little things aren't going to get to you as fast. And you've got so much stuff coming to you all the time that it's part of that preparation. Two metaphors. One is like an, as an athlete, if you don't rest and recover, if you don't warm up, if you don't do that stuff, you're going to hurt yourself and you're not going to have the longevity. And if you want to stay in your job, you got to have the longevity. The other thing I was thinking about was the other day I was drilling through tile to install something at my house. And every couple minutes I had to dip the thing in water. So I didn't like break the bit. If you burn yourself out, however you want to look at it, if you don't do the proper recovery things, you're going to break. And then you're going to let everybody else down and make the process worse or the environment worse. So not to like guilt you into it, but look at your holistic environment and see the the benefit to you of doing that. Because I think Andrew is spot on with that. So I just want to give you a different perspective. Andrew, does that track with you in terms of the cause and effect? A hundred, hundred percent. You know, it, uh, it made me think of a session I had recently with my life coach slash therapist, Michael, who is 
amazing. Um, and this is something else that people can do. Like some, some folks wear a badge of honor. They're like, I can never see it. I don't need a therapist. Yeah, you do. We all do. We need somebody that professionally can help us. Anyway, Michael said to me um, recently, he said, you know, Andrew, it all starts with you, which is something Anthony, you and I talked about before, you know, we, we started this session officially, it, you know, as you say, I, I can't be good for my wife, Joanne, if I'm not good. I can't be good for my clients. If I'm not sharp. And so another way to think about it, just, you know, really drilling this one deeply is you're being really selfish if you're not taking care of yourself because you're not giving yourself fully to others. You think you are. You're like, no, I, I'm, I'm going to skip my workout because I need to answer these five more emails or no, I'm, I'm going to skip lunch or, you know, I'm not going to meal prep because like all these things that you're rationalizing are actually hurting you and hurting the people that you actually believe you're helping. You're doing the opposite. You just don't know it. So it's about breaking that cycle as you, as you say, and remembering it does start with each of us. Yeah. I find my life is just better when I've got my full, like I've had my days where I got up at five o'clock and I'm like, hey, yes, I'm going to like get a jump on the day because I feel like I need to, but I'm so much happier with that extra 90 minutes of sleep because it, I just, I, I suck. If, I, if I'm too tired, I suck. And I'm not, that's not the game I'm trying to play. So, um, so maybe we can shift gears a little bit and, and it, uh, from the, the CEO organizational perspective, what you're seeing, what's, what's happening with senior leaders and, and how they are uh, developing those, the support within the organizations instead of making the problem worse. What I love that I'm seeing and a lot of the work that we're doing is leaders are really understanding that they need a new playbook. And, you know, the leaders who get it understand that that playbook starts with them. And so you're seeing a lot online. You're seeing a lot of research, you know, from companies like Corn Ferry and Bain and Boston Consulting Group and Accenture and, you know, certainly my, my firm Shift that are saying, you know, the new, the new leader playbook includes things like authentic connection, vulnerability, empathy like these are the attributes that lead and it's not just words on a page like really bringing this out people need authentic connection more than ever part of what has occurred during this great re resignation or again whatever you want to call it is that the employees have come up with a new scorecard about what they value in life and you know for leaders who are still stuck in the yes but you must come back to the office five days a week because that's our culture employees are going well that's cute Bye-bye. They're voting with their feet. I mean, there's, there hasn't been a month, I think, since probably April of last year, where at least 3 million, and in many cases, over 4 million people haven't left their current employee. So, so leaders who think it's their way or the highway, their employees are, are taking the highway. So the leaders who get it are saying, okay, need a new playbook, need a new way to think about this, and there's a systems-based approach. And so they really are rethinking the way that they lead. They're rethinking the way that they hire. They're rethinking the way that work is done. And while they may not know that they're using the model that we've created, I'll share it with you and your listeners. They really are. If you want to build a high performance culture, here's the recipe, folks. There are three influences that are critical at the org level. One is the environments, systems, and resources that you're providing for your people. Do the environments, systems, and re resources align with and support the vision that you've created? That's the first. The second is expectations and feedback. Have you recalibrated the expectations of what success looks like for the organization and for key roles? And do you have mechanisms to provide useful feedback that supports people being and doing their best? And then the third is rewards, recognition, and consequences. One of the biggest challenges that I've seen, Anthony, is expectations for the job have changed, 
but rewards, recognition, and consequences maybe haven't. For example, with a lot of people, you know, rethinking and leaving, you're seeing fewer people in many organizations who have to pick up the workload of the of the folks that left. That's not a new phenomenon, but you're seeing it more. And in a you know globally dispersed workforce, it does make it a little more challenging if if leaders haven't thought this through. So what happens is, you know, I am a really good performer. I stayed at the job. A number of my colleagues have left. So what happens to me? What's the negative consequence of me being an excellent performer? I get more work. I get overworked. I get overtapped. I get overstretched. And so this is one of those things that leaders don't necessarily get it. They're just like, oh, Andrew's great. He can pick it up. He can help us. He'll be patient. And the reality is you're, you're burning your best people also. So you've got some people who've left and then the ones who stay are paying a penalty. Leaders who get it understand the systems-based thinking and they're recalibrating all of these influences. So that's at the org level. The individual level that leaders also understand, Anthony, are it's, it's you know motivations and preferences. So am I understanding the motivations and preferences of the individuals and am I aligning those things with their work? The capacity and job fit. So, you know, do people have the right capacity and are they in the right job? And then do they have the skills and knowledge and how are they developing those things? So those are the six influences and that's really what I'm seeing. And that's the work that I'm doing every day and helping leaders rethink how to build an organization that has these influences um, well in alignment. I love that. And it aligns with how we look at things. It's like not just the plan, but the environment around the plan. So as listeners, I invite you to you know skip it back two minutes to look at all of the areas that Andrew looked at. But uh, instead of kind of rehashing that, just the invitation is to take some time, <laughs> take some time out, take a step back and look at the entire system. And within each of those, you have areas to look at, hey, how are we doing at this objectively? And also like, see if you can get some feedback from people. Cause I find that the gap between your perception and expectation is the highest level of the leader versus the senior management, the middle managers and the frontline employees can be very, very different. If you're genuinely interested in creating a, a transformational change at this point of your business or your organization that you have to look at it as a systems approach. Andrew, does that track with your, your thinking and um, yeah. recommendations as well? It does, and so your so your listeners don't have to try to you know figure out what questions they should be asking themselves. If it's useful, um, when we're done, I'll send you some questions that align with each of those influences. That and you can put it in the show notes or however you want to share it out. In this way, people can they can just use that tool, that template as a you know as a guide to say, hey, let me just do some good inspection here to see how how are we doing and what do we need to rethink. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And it's funny because, you know, as I'm like reflecting now, it's like we're talking to you a lot more as if there's three people in the room versus Andrew and I speaking is him and I, I feel are, are pretty much on the same wavelength. But it's neat because despite being in a different country and a different coast, that the fundamentals are the same. And so having interviewed, you know, 160 different people on this podcast, everybody's got a different perspective on it. And finding the best tools that work for you. And I think that Andrew, to what you were saying earlier, saying, hey, you know, I've developed a routine, I've developed a system, I've developed a process that supports me as an individual in my growth. And what works for me as Anthony might not work for you as Andrew and might not work for you as the listener, but really looking and saying, hey, like, how does this vibe? Is this a fit? Is this a fit for where I'm at in life right now? And can this move forward? And I think that's like the, the journey of personal growth that each one of us has 
human beings in 2022 and leaders in 2022 has to go on to be to continually moving forward. 100%. This is part of why I love I love rapping with you. And you, you're right. We do vibe together. We think very similarly, not group think, but just, you know, we play really well here. I, I love what you just said. It makes perfect sense. Awesome. So I guess, and thank you, what are you most uh, looking forward to for the rest of the year? As we wrap up, what are some of the challenges that you're taking on with, with your people? And what is exciting you about the rest of, of 2022 and beyond? Well, there's a lot. I'll I'll boil it down to just two things for you know for today. One is I'm doing a lot of work around reimagination, and our team is also with our with our clients, and specifically you know reimagining how work gets done because work has never been a place where people go. It's a thing that they do, and right now the customer requirements, customer demands, employee demands, they you know they've really changed the way that leaders need to think about things, and so. You know, God, I'm like a kid in a candy store when, you know, I, I can get into a room with, you know, a leader or a bunch of leaders or key people on their team to rethink the way that work should be done so that it really lights people up. It delivers more value for the employees and, and ultimately more value for the customer. So that's one thing I'm really excited about. Um, the second thing that I'm really looking forward to is we we, we acquired and, and relaunched a, a SaaS platform late last year and really early this year as we've gotten going. And I mentioned earlier the importance of authentic connection. Um, it is really something that's paramount of importance for leaders. And so this plat- the SaaS platform called Latch, um, it enables that. It's a video-based storytelling platform that really allows leaders to build connection across five important dimensions. One is the dimension of you know, the individual to self. So how clear am I on my priorities? So you know, my connection to me, my connection to my work, So really making sure that I understand what I need to do to perform at high levels. My connection to my manager, which has always been a really important connection. The folks at Gallup have well-researched this over time. My connection to the company, and then my connection to my peers. And these these five, five points are critically important. And again, in this hybrid work environment, it's been really tough for leaders um, to do this, I mean, you know, folks have onboarded hundreds, if not thousands, of employees in some of the organizations we work with, and they've never been in the same room together. And so, what does that do to onboarding? And what does that do to connection? And what does that do to learning? And what does that, you know, what does that do to performance? And you know, when you think about what keeps people at work, one of the things is making sure that they've got good connections. So we're we're totally geeked out about that. It's gotten some good traction. Um, you know, we put it into a number of our clients already, and and I'm just excited about the possibilities for what this platform will do for us and for our clients um, through the years. That's so cool. I think that's, you know, like there are so many software platform tools out there and the tool is only as good as you use it. But I think for an organization that's committed to listening and committed to understanding and really being able to bridge that gap, I think that's an amazing uh, opportunity. So I didn't even know that. So that's just really rad. And I think that there's a lot of people who could uh, take advantage of that. So where can people connect with you? Where can they, you know, obviously we'll put the questions in the show notes, but yeah, if they want to get, get in touch with you, where do they go? Uh, easiest places are social channels, um, LinkedIn. I'm happy to accept LinkedIn requests from any of your listeners because if they dig you, I dig them. Uh, my handles are all the same. It's A Friedman Thrive. Um, so they can find me there on LinkedIn. And also, um, you know, as we talk, talked about last time, the book Thrive, you know, they can find me on the website we created for that, which is thrive.shiftthework.com. That's an easy place to go also. So those would be the, the two easiest places to engage with me. Awesome. Andrew, just good to see you, bud. Thanks for being here. Thanks for doing what you do. And uh, it's a personal and professional pleasure. So I appreciate it. Likewise. 
Folks, my guest today, Andrew Friedman, who's the managing partner at Shift Consulting. Connect with him. He's doing awesome work. And just, I appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed the room we, in the space we created for you today, because I believe I know Andrew and he's so committed to people and their growth and their success. And so that's why he's here again. That's why we're here every time. And uh, I bet that's why you're here listening. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being uh, just along with the ride for us. Uh, My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Thank you, Andrew, again for joining us. And we'll see everybody next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. We post twice a week, so you can count on us for your weekly source of content to help you grow and expand as a leader. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please consider giving us a review. We read every single one, and it helps us make a better show for you, the listener. Also, it helps more people find the show, which means we can help as many people as possible. We appreciate you listening and following along, and we hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as Anthony says, until next time.